Hey y'all, what is up? It's Corbin, host of Round Ball Ramble. Uh, it's my first time back in a little bit. I was happy to be joined by my friend Justin Matcham. Um, just trying to get back into the swing of things here with the play-in starting in the playoffs um, right on our tails, like literally coming up in a couple of days. So uh, as just getting your first steps back into anything, uh, Michael Jordan with number 45 and everything, there are some, you know, some faltering steps there and my audio did a number on me throughout justin was a trooper throughout it but there was some clips um messed up i did edit them to the best of my ability but if you hear some wonkiness know that i know so we all know okay um also at one point i did say that uh malik monk was 0 for 6 from 3 far be it from me to get McLeet Monk mixed up with my own Scary Terry, but I did. Scary Terry was the one. I corrected that in the audio, but you know me being a perfectionist, have to point it out here. Anyways, uh, definitely make sure to check it out. Enjoy. Let me know what you think. Rate, review, subscribe. We really do appreciate it. Check out HoopBall. As I always say, hoop-ball.com online. At HoopBall tweets on Twitter. Um, and thank y'all for just giving this a chance and sticking with it and um, sticking with me. All right, y'all. The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Yo, what, yo, yo, what is up? There's another episode of Round Ball Ramble. It has been a while. I don't even remember my own inch. I'm your host, Corbin Ford. You can follow me on um, hmm, Twitter. That's right, Twitter. Um, on Twitter at CorbinNBA. Uh, this is the hoop ball presentation. Yep, hoop-ball.com. Just because the fantasy basketball season ended does not mean that they stop because they don't. We really don't. Um, content still rolling out. Everything you need to get started on next year. So make sure to jump on that again, hoop-ball.com or on Twitter at HoopBallTweets. Um, it's been a minute. Just got to let us, I mean, people who don't know if they didn't, um, me and my brothers actually were involved, um, or victims of, I guess, if you put it that way, um, like a shooting uh, about two months ago. And so my little brother got hit. Um, he has been recovering. Um, it was it was a lot for us. Um, we're still kind of getting through it. And um, he's a strong guy. Like, he ended up losing his foot, but he's still going after it and trying to be positive every day. And so that's what we're all trying to do. I think I'm trying to get myself back into a rhythm here. Um, so listeners, just, I mean, I don't really have any major takeaways or anything from it. I'm still dealing with it myself, except to just, I, I don't know. Um, value your friends and family. You know, stuff is crazy. Stuff is wild. Things can change in a little instant. I was actually going to record an episode of, of this show the night things went just straight to hell. So um, definitely just make sure to you keep your friends and family close. And, um, you know, tell them you love them because that's important. Um, but going to this game, show, basketball, you know what it is. I got my friend. I know him. I love him. It's Justin Matson, host of the Cavs Central Pod, all around basketball Twitter. Good guy. You can find him on Discord if you're so lucky to see him there. He'll rep the Cavs endlessly, but he covers the NBA so much that I have him on every other time here. So definitely make sure to find him on Twitter at JustinMatch26. That's off the top of the head. Justin, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, and uh, I'm glad that you're getting back into the swing of things. Uh, it's been quite a while since we recorded. I listened the last time that we were uh... – Last time we were on a call was back in February, I believe. So, uh, you know, glad you're doing well. Glad the family's, you know, continuing to continue to do well. Uh, glad all you guys are doing better, and uh, happy to uh, happy to talk some playing basketball tonight. Hey man, definitely. I appreciate that, man. I'm I'm 
like you said, one day at a time, we're trying to do that good. So we, we definitely, um, we def- I definitely appreciate you, bro. Thank you. And yeah, let's talk some. I mean, let's start with where we're at right now. It's been a while. When I was last doing an episode of Round Ball Ramble, it was the day before the trade deadline. Well, guess what? Trade deadline came, went. Everything happened. Bout season came, went. And we are in the playing games. And we had our first two. The inaugural playing games today, we had four teams matching up. We had the Pacers and the Hornets. That was a winner go home. And then we had the Celtics and the Wizards. That was a win and move to the playoffs, lose and play the winners of the other round. That sort of thing. So we got to start with the Hornets and Pacers, man, because I'm not going to lie. I glanced at that game a couple times, and it just it just didn't get me. And maybe it had something to do with just this massive blowout. But what were your thoughts on, uh, first off, the Charlotte Hornets is totally laying an egg, but just the game in general? Well, first off, I think the uh, heavy breathing that went on through pretty much the entire game on the TNT broadcast was enough to turn it off, turn off just about anybody. Uh, oh, yeah. really, really weird. And, uh there were certainly times where I was more focused on that than the game, especially with the game uh, we were given. Uh, yeah, the the Hornets really just kind of looked asleep, uh, defensively especially. Uh, just nothing really happening, no energy, uh, no real awareness. Uh, you know, late on, late on closeouts, late on rotations, uh, and just not fighting for rebounds. Uh, you know, even a guy like TJ McConnell was just kind of getting in there and being a pest. Uh, other guys, too, were just getting in there. I mean, Devonta Sabonis ended the night with 21 rebounds. Uh, I think he reached that number in the third quarter. You know, I mean, just kind of got outfought, rather, uh, all the way around. And uh, the, the blazing starts that Doug McDermott and O'Shea Brissett got off to. I mean, you know, we, we know the shooter that, um, that Doug McDermott is. Obviously finished 7-9 on the, day, on the night, 4-6 for six from 3. Again, did most of his damage early in the first quarter, but who saw this coming from O'Shea Brissett? That's just been such a great story all year. Um, obviously, the Raptors uh, are in a different position right now, but definitely a guy that they could use. Uh, and, you know, that waving of him before the season uh, doesn't look great right now. But, yeah, overall, you know, especially on a night where DeMontis Sabonis really struggled to score the ball, um, maybe didn't get the whistle the way he, you know, normally would, and maybe that affected some things, but still almost ended up with a triple-double basically again in three quarters. So really just total domination by the, the uh, Pacers and in a night where they didn't have Karis LeVert, um, you know, on top of Jeremy Lamb, Miles Turner and TJ Warren. Uh, I definitely didn't see it coming like this. No, I definitely uh, was surprised by the way that went down. It, it was, I mean, from the jump, like when I finally, when I tuned in, because I forgot that these games start so early, I'm technically still at work when it went down. And it was already over, basically. Like it was a 20 point lead, uh, 69 49, something wild like that. And it felt like, you know, there was a lid on the basket for a lot of guys. I mean, the Hornets did shoot pretty abysmal from the field, um, especially early. But you're right. Like the Pacers, it wasn't like they were firing on all cylinders, they were just so much better than the Hornets, who just looked discombobulated especially considering like this was a, a Hornets team that you know you mentioned they were shorthanded you know didn't really get a, a, an amazing whistle uh they got news they were going to be without Karis Avert presumably by this point I'd imagine for the playoffs I mean well actually probably not I mean 10 to 14 but every other game I'm trying to think at least for for the first I mean for the first couple um mm-hmm. you know as it's going it so yeah. exactly so I'm thinking presumably for their season just because of the fact that you know, you don't expect them to go uh, super far here. But even with that, they totally dominated. Um, 
I mean, Sabonis still, without really shooting super well, had his hands on basically every faucet of the game. Um, just finding people. Doug McDermott went crazy. The Pacers started 7 of 11 from 3. Um, Hornets, um, yeah, so it just felt like they were out of sorts from the get. Um, Malik Monk, before halftime, was 0 for 6 from 3. Uh, you do have to remember I said that big hole 7-11 from 3 for the Pacers really put them behind. And, I mean, honestly, it just wasn't fun for them. Uh, Miles Bridges ended with 23. That was to lead them. Uh, Cody Zeller had 17. The Hornets finished the season with six straight losses. Like, that was rough. And it just seemed like they were faced. Now, Terry Rozier ended up um, – no, it was Terry Rozier, my mistake, who started 0 for 6 from 3. Mm-hmm. He ended up with 60 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. Malik, Malik Monk had 13. Um, Lamella Ball, 14 and 4. This was his first, like, postseason debut, I guess you could say. I did play in, play off, play something. Um, So that was cool. But all in all, the Hornets went 12 for 40 from deep. And this was their, what, their first postseason action in a minute. But they haven't won a game since uh, Dwayne Wade in Miami back in 2016 when a certain Kemba Walker, who we'll get to later, led them. Yeah, and I mean, just rough, rough shooting acts all around from the guards. Uh, like you said, Terry Rozier started 0 for 6, ended 0 for 9 from 3, uh, shot 7 of 20 from the field overall. Uh, not a good shooting night for Lamelo, shot 29% from the field. Uh, Devontae Graham went 1 for 8 from the field, and the one shot that he made was that really, really deep 3 at the end of the shot clock uh, that, you know, admittedly was impressive, but couldn't get anything going other than that. Um, yeah, Cody Zeller, you know, I guess if you can look at one thing, Cody Zeller shot it perfect from the field, 7-for-7, 3-for-3 seven seven, three three from the line, uh, and uh, gave gave DeMontis some issues on the defensive end even at times. Uh, again, DeMontis still ended up you know, being effective on the night and didn't end up meeting much in the end for the Hornets, but there was something there, I guess you could say. But, uh, yeah, overall, just kind of a limp to the finish line for them. Uh, like you said, there's the losses leading up to it. Um I don't think this recent stretch is anything to be super concerned about moving forward. Uh, you got to hope that, you know, you can get Gordon Hayward back healthy uh, next season. And with that team, I think you're going to be, you know, right back in the mix again. I think it'll be fine. But, um, you know, we continue to see Malik Monk play well. That continues to be encouraging. Um, I just don't think this was the year for the Hornets. And, you know, even if they win this game, they probably lose the next one. You know, it's, it is what it is. It's a rough showing. It's not what you want to see from them. But at the same time, uh, we know what all these guys are capable of. Uh, you don't expect Terry Rozier to shoot that poorly. I mean, you know, you might expect him to shoot poorly sometimes, but, you know, tonight was rough. Uh, Devontae Graham struggled with the shot all season. But um, overall, I think, you know, tonight was tonight was almost just about lack of experience, I think. The Pacers were really able to turn it on when it counted, and they had guys who had been there and done that. Uh, the, the Hornets just hadn't. Um, like I said, you see guys like T.J. McConnell just out-hustling everybody on that team. Uh, Doug McDermott obviously was super effective. DeMontis was effective. Uh, Justin Holiday and Malcolm Brogdon were both, you know, effective players. But overall, just a team that knew what they were getting themselves into more so than the Hornets, I believe. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I think it was just, 
like you said, it wasn't it wasn't their time. You know, young teams gonna be interesting to see kind of like the off season. They were able to get Lamelo Ball. He did obviously get injured, missed a chunk of the season, but he was a shot in the arm for this team. That has a lot of intriguing young players, but also no one who really stands out as a clear number one. You know, um, a lot of solid performances. Not tonight, just solid performances throughout the season by a bunch of guys um, who come out play hard. But you're right, there's youth. Um, there's some inexperience there on a, on a general level across the roster. Uh, and that came and that came to bear tonight or last night by the time you hear this. So yeah, I agree with you there. Um, for Lamelo's part, fall, um, part uh, you know, four for fourteen, two for six, fourteen points. I'm not trying to knock the kid for you know his horrible shooting percentage, especially since I'm rooting for uh, Anthony Edwards as my rookie of the year. But I mean, it didn't help. Um, Terry Rozier, seven of twenty. Uh, I told you he was 0 for 6 in the first half from 3. He ended up with 0 for 9 from then. So he definitely wasn't afraid of shooting. He was definitely scary tonight. Um. Just not in the ways you'd like. Um, Bismarck Biombo played three minutes, so there you go. I was just going to say, shout out to Bismarck <laughs> Biombo, who got his honorary start and played three and a half minutes, did absolutely nothing. Nothing. Hit him a minus time. seven. Minus seven, yep. my friend. <laughs> Hilarious. Devontae Graham, man, one of eight, one of seven. It was just a horrible game. Horrible game for the Hornets across the board. If you're not, if your name is not Miles Bridges, and or Cody Zeller, which, you know, you'd say that. I mean, Malik Monk had a solid game off the bench as well. But, yeah, this team was interesting, you know, ultimately just didn't work. I'm surprised they didn't play uh, Brad Wanamaker. Just just interesting. Yeah, game. that was interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. Especially, especially since, uh, you know, some yeah. of you guys played, you thought Brad Wanamaker might have been a guy who got in there a little bit. But, um, hey, do you, uh, Charlotte? I won't, I won't knock you too much for not putting Brad Wanamaker in the game. I mean, yeah, Mateo Rozier, Lamella Ball, and Devontae Graham combined to shoot 12 for 40 from the field. Yeah, that's not what you, <laughs> not what you want. Not what you want at all. No, it was it was crazy. 12 for 40 and 3 for 21 from 3. So, yeah, take that uh, and rewind it back and never do it again. So, yeah, that was fun for them. Um, Any major takeaways for this? Honestly, I was not – intrigued by the matchup i wasn't intrigued by the games i wasn't intrigued by the future right now because for charlotte they're going home and for the pacers they're playing the wizards in a game that i'm not super intrigued by especially when you look at who will not be playing and you know i mean we're gonna talk about the wizards next but the wizards kind of banged up like do you have any like major takeaways from this looking forward um nothing major uh i think the biggest thing you can take away from it for the hornets is that they at least have some sort of postseason experience now. Uh, you know, it's something that they can look back on and at least, you know, learn from these mistakes. Uh, I think every young team has to get it out of the way, uh, and they certainly did that in this game. Uh, overall, the matchup, like, I'm not going to say it's, like, the most exciting matchup in the world, but I was intrigued by it. I was excited to watch this game. Uh, got less excited, you know, as the game went on, um, <laughs> just with the way things went. But, um you know, playing basketball is always going to be fun. I, I was excited to see that, huh? uh, even if it ended that way. Yeah, for sure. And it, I mean, it was just, oh man, it was it was something else. It was something else. Hey, and yeah, we also got an Amita Brima sighting on the Pacers side. Played two oh, minutes. Oh yes, a minute. Yeah, the first time team in play. I Minus not six. Watched, I'm so, sorry. Uh, shout out to Amita Brina. Prima. There you go. Hey, th- leave it leave it to Justin to point out the, the, the obscure things that we're all interested in because you're right. I mean, you blinked and you missed it. And honestly, if you watched, you blinked and probably missed it. But 
I mean, look at that. That's that's why you're here. Boom. I mean, solid for him. Um, you know, getting some playing time. I'm glad. I mean, I, I, with the game that ended up the way it is, there would be no excuse for anyone on that Pacers roster not to play. I mean, one could say the same for the Hornets. That's what really makes the Brad Wanamaker kind of stand out. Because, like, if what did you have to lose? What you have to lose? I'm not saying like Brad Wanamaker is a game changer. He clearly isn't. But uh-huh. I was gonna say at the end of the game, those Grant Riller, Nate Darling developmental minutes, crucial. <laughs> there, I mean, there you go. You look exactly. This is you're looking at. This is the team that's gonna help you win summer league, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that matters to this team. What else do the Charlotte Hornets really have going for them? Yeah, I mean, honestly, you say it like that, not a whole lot. <laughs> Not a whole lot at all. So I'll say it no. this way, not to knock the Hornets, but they're much, much closer to a summer league championship than they are an NBA championship. Not to That's... be pessimistic about the Hornets, because I don't like, I, I don't dislike their future, but uh, gotta give them his minutes. Eh, there you go. That's 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 the truth. And with that being said, we gotta keep it moving. Got an 18-point Boston win last night, 118-100. And listen, I know I went back before between tonight and last night, but you know when I'm recording this. You know when to listen to it. So there we are with that. Boston prevailed. Hey, on, the East Coast, on the East Coast, this is last night because we're at 12.58 now. So oh, we are into Wednesday. So. And see, uh, just further impetus to speed this along because on this side is 9.58. And I'm yawning. So that tells you where we're at here. Um, but let's talk about it real quick. Um, Bradley B. I mean, Bradley Beal. I wish it was about Bradley Beal, but no, Jason Tatum scored 50 points. There's a story there about Bradley Beal. We'll get to that. But Mr. Tatum, man, just tip your hat to him. He scored 50, 32 of which he knocked down in the second half. The Celtics rallied. They beat the Wizards 118-100. Kemba Walker added 29. And so that means that Boston is going to take their injury-depleted, weird-looking, please-just-go-away playoff roster to battle against the second seed Brooklyn um let's just pause on that note and not that there was an ideal matchup for Brooklyn but I was really 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 hoping and not just because I'm a Westbrook fan and like Beal I was really hoping the Wizards would match up with the Nets just because I felt there was more of a fight I do not see a fight happening in this round but what are are your thoughts initially about Boston advancing then we'll kind of dive into this yeah uh, I fully expect Boston to kind of get spanked by Brooklyn. I don't think that there's any real world where, I mean, I guess there's a world where they make the series competitive on a couple games, but I don't expect Boston to have really any chance in that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Shout out to Tatum tonight. 50 points is, you know, no joke. Uh, And if he does that, I guess your team has a chance any night. Uh, You know, shout out to him for going 17 for 17 from the line. Uh, That's not easy to do. Uh, Yeah. Overall, this is just – it was a tough, gritty, you know, grinded-out win, especially when you look at some of the guys who got hurt tonight, uh, obviously without Jalen Brown, and uh, we're without Taco Fall tonight, too. Uh, oh, that that's a big – yeah. Slightest, but, that's um, huge. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Robert Williams, uh, you know, had been dealing with – I think it was turf toe, uh, and yeah. he went right down on that toe, and that looked – Oh, that looked painful. That looked really, really bad. I mean, it, it, he'll be he'll, he'll be fine, but you know how bad that hurt when he went down and hit it. Uh, Marcus Smart just multiple times throughout the game getting dinged up. Uh, yeah, this is this is a team that's going to be kind of limping into that series against uh, Brooklyn. Tristan uh, Thompson thought played well tonight. Uh, finished with twelve and twelve. Uh, you know, was active on the offensive glass again. You know, came up with some really, really important. Uh, 
uh, offensive rebounds in that game uh, and key possessions, I thought. But, yeah, uh, a lot of people, I think pretty much everybody wanted, outside of Boston, wanted the Wizards to win this game because they wanted to see that matchup between the, the Wizards and the Nets. Um, and I was kind of in that same camp until, you know, we, it, it became apparent just kind of how serious this deal injury is with his hamstring. Uh, we saw him come back on uh, the last day of the regular season to play. I believe that was the Hornets they played. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just so apparent that, you know, his hamstring was not 100% and that he was not 100%. Uh, you know, physically, you know, like visibly limited out there on the floor movement-wise. Um, you know, tried to go up for a dunk tonight and, you know, kind of immediately saw that that was a mistake, kind of just stretching it out too far. Um, you know, he's trying, and, you know, I respect him a ton, and it sucks that these types of things have to happen in the playoffs. But uh, I just think they need, a, you know, a 100% deal to, you know, even make these games entertaining in the play. Like, when we get to the actual playoffs. Uh, and I just don't think we're going to get that, unfortunately. Um, yeah, outside of that, you know, Russell Westbrook plays hard always, but I think he kind of laid an egg tonight chewing the ball. Uh, just couldn't get anything to fall, really. Did have that one really, really, really awesome put-back dunk. Uh, yeah, you good. know, you, you, can, you can never question his effort, but uh, just could not get shots to fall tonight. And you, you kind of look around at the supporting cast, like Rui Hachimura had a fine game. Uh, outside of that, like Daniel Gafford shot the ball well, but all the shots are at the rim. And, uh, you know, he got into a little bit of foul trouble. Um, Davis Bertans continues to just be rough. 0-7 from three. Uh, you know, only shot he made was that little flip shot uh, later in the game. Uh, Ish Smith made stuff happen, especially early in that first half. He did. Uh, kind of kept them afloat when Beal and, you know, Westbrook weren't really giving him anything. Um, give me all the Robin Lopez pump fakes and hooks until the end of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always enjoy watching those, but, um, you know, at the same time, just, you know, struggled to get a lot of stuff from the supporting cast. And if Westbrook's going to shoot this way um, and Bradley Beal isn't going to be fully healthy, I'm just not that excited to watch this Wizards team play in the playoffs. So I think that they'll win. And I think they'll make it to the playoffs. Um, I think they'll beat Indiana. But overall, I just don't think they're going to get anywhere. I think Beal was the key and if he's just not going to be there and he's not going to be scoring efficiently, which isn't his fault. Again, he's, I, I, you know, a ton of respect to him for playing hurt uh, and, you know, you know, clearly limited and still giving it everything he has. Um, I just don't think it's enough. I have to agree with you. Um, Buell made fun of it post game, you know, said you can call him, you know, the one leg bandit and everything. And basically that that little hamstring was about as good as it was going to get. But you saw him laboring. He looked a little bit better with it bandaged up. But you could see that some of the ease with which he flows through his shots just wasn't there. Um, he was working hard. Some of his shots were short. A lot of the lift from his legs was gone, especially on his midi, um, pull up middies. It was pretty bad there. Um, him and Westbrook combined to shoot 16 for 43 from the field and one of 10 from three. Um, so yeah, that wasn't great. Like you said, Westbrook, Russell Westbrook, not really efficient. You know, the 14 rebounds and five assists are great. Um, 20 points looks good, but the, the, the journey to get there was very raw, um, fraught with danger. Um, for sure. You mentioned Hatsimura playing well. You mentioned, um, Gafford playing well. Foul trouble was really just his, uh, his issue there. And even then he could have played more than he did. Um, is Smith. Yeah, man. Like you said, the guy was active. The guy was scrapping, fighting, coming, making steals, you know, getting behind the play. He, he, he did a good job there. And, and you know, um, that's kind of where you had it. Uh, Davis Bertans was ice cold. He said after the game, you know, shooters get cold. They do. 
fair enough, totally. But you really wish they didn't get cold. Has been cold a lot this season. I was about to say you really wish they didn't happen as often as they did for him, um, especially after signing that, that that extension. That was that's that's a pretty bad time to decide to go cold. Um, so just a little rough there. But honestly, by the I mean, way, I'm sorry. Yeah. Just one more quick thing, thing on Davis Bertans. What on earth happened to his neck? Because he was down for the yes. entire possession. And, like, I thought he got punched in the throat. The dude was laying there in agony for the entire possession. And then what? gets up and is, like, fine. And, what? like, I did see, like, later on, like, they showed him on the camera. And, like, there was a red mark on his neck. Like, you know, he definitely did get hit. But, like, what was that? I, like, it didn't look like he got hit very hard. And huh. you, would, you would guess that he got shot by his reaction. Yeah, what even surprised me more was the fact that the Wizards just kept playing. <laughs> that was kind of you know? funny. They made a three, I think, on that possession. Huh? I think they made a three on that possession. Well, there you go. I mean, they were like, we already have the momentum. Like, Davis, get up when you can. We're going we're gonna to go at this one. Um, it was just it was just kind of weird. Um, but, hey, I mean, like you said, it worked out. It worked out. So, so that was good. But, yeah, man, I, I don't know. I, I feel the pl- – let's get your thoughts just kind of on a holistic view, I guess, um, on the playing game in general. Um, because, I mean, I really think that the big playing game tomorrow will kind of really calcify or cement my view on this in general. But it's not like we saw some good games. You know, they, they really weren't. Um, you know, it, it's almost as if the teams at the bottom are there for a reason. Um, you know, and that maybe watching them face off against each other does not make the most ideal basketball. But then again, tomorrow we have the Warriors and Lakers. Now, you know, that's a, a different exception. You have a Warriors team that just is not that great, but Steph Curry's amazing. And you have a Lakers team that really shouldn't be there in the first place. I think that's an objective fact. But from your first night of action looking at this, what are your takeaways from that? If or Are there any takeaways? Yeah, I still love the play. And I think it's a great idea, and I hope they keep it in the future. Uh, some unfortunate circumstances, again, due to injury. Uh, this game is a lot more fun if you have a healthy Bradley Beal uh, and you have a healthy Celtics team. These are two teams that are going at it and that are playing really, really hard. And these are two really, honestly, really good teams, even if you know there are inconsistencies with both of them, uh, when fully healthy. I think injuries kind of robbed us of that. But, uh, you know, give me any high-stakes basketball you can give me, really. Uh, anything where things are significant on the line. Uh, you know, make it Cavs Rockets and I'll watch it. I don't care. Um, you know, even if it's not the best teams, I just think high stakes basketball is always going to be fun. So, yeah, playing. I'm for it. Uh, really excited for Lakers Warriors tomorrow. Uh, you know, even I'm excited for Spurs Grizzlies. Um, again, a winner go home game is always going to be enjoyable, um, no matter who's playing. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I, I mean, you know, it's the Spurs without Derek White, and they're kind of limping to the finish as well. But um, I think it's more just unfortunate circumstances that we, we got, you know, these kind of bad games. And, and we talked about with the Charlotte Hornets, um, you know, obviously not a good game for them, and they got smacked, and maybe they didn't deserve to be there. Uh, but they got some valuable experience that could be beneficial for this team moving forward. So I think from that standpoint, you, know, you get playoff experience for these kind of lower-level teams. I won't even say lower-level teams, but just kind of mid-level teams that otherwise would just be flat-out you know, out. So I think you, you factor in the fact that these guys are getting you know, some sort of postseason experience on top of the fact that, again, 
I will always enjoy watching high stakes basketball, and I think I think that this was overall still a good idea, and I still I'm happy I watched both games, and I'm I'm looking forward to both of them tomorrow or today rather. Okay. Hey, listen, I can respect that. Um, I think it's only as good for me as the quality I see. You know what I mean? So that's right. That that's where I'm at. I mean, I I like that. It, it definitely makes it's weird because the actual I was more excited about the race to the playing game than the actual playing game itself, and that could be of more than likely is just immediate revisionist history or immediate reactions knee jerk to what I saw on the floor. You know what I mean? But like that's where I am on it right now. Um, with that being said, it really made these games a lot more intriguing down the stretch. It really made it worth something. You know what I mean? Um, that we had some good games on, I would say both sides of the NBA tree in terms of the East and West that were that, that Phoenix, um, I'm forgetting now the Phoenix, uh, Portland game two, three years ago, uh, last year, no, not last year, let's say two years ago, back when it was just a normal NBA season, it, we wouldn't have had a game that close, that good, that late in the season, because those guys wouldn't even be playing, you know? And there I was, stuck still watching every Cavs game down the stretch, but yeah, I get what you're saying. Hey, listen, man, you're, you're a glutton for punishment, and you're also a diehard, and sometimes those things are synonymous, <laughs> so there you go. Um, But yeah, man, listen, I think that is a perfect place to cut this off. Um, for tonight, we got to definitely come back. This was the, the main voyage after a while, y'all, so please bear with me. We just kind of came on, uh, left my bro waiting here trying to get on and get ready. So it was a moment, but we did it. Um, we got some playoff action. We first have two more playoff playing games tonight by the time y'all listen to this. Uh, Spurs, Grizzlies, Lakers, Warriors. In fact, just before I let you go, I mean, for just, just for the sake of it, obviously, what are your thoughts on those two games uh, and who's coming out on top? Yeah, I think they'll both be fun. I don't think Curry goes super duper berserk. I'm going to say that now with some caution. Uh, he did very well could. But I'm going to say the Lakers take that one. Um, LeBron's going to be, I think. I mean, I, I don't know if LeBron's going to be, you know, at the level we've seen him at any point in this postseason just because of that ankle. But I think the Lakers come out on top of that one and give me the Memphis Grizzlies in the other one. Um, like I said, I just don't think the Spurs have a whole lot left at this point. And, you know, I think the, the, the Memphis Grizzlies gave uh, Golden State a good run in that game, you know, leading into the play-in. And I think that they're ready to go. I think they kind of want to face the Warriors again. And I think they'll really get a really good chance to do that. Yeah, I agree on both counts. Um think the Lakers get it. I'm not sure how I feel, like you said, about Steph Curry going exactly off, although they seem to be uh, familiar. At least Steve Kerr said that he imagines the Lakers would throw the kitchen sink at Steph, so I guess he has some tricks up his sleeve. I hope he would, rather than just assume that and not make any adjustments. Um, but with that being said, I think a lot of it goes down to what the Lakers do. Um, this is kind of the balls in Frank Vogel's court. When he got Andrew, um, Andre Drummond, uh, he was basically saying that he was going to deploy the right center matchup kind of as needed. And I don't think Drummond is going or should be the starting center tomorrow for the matchup against Steph Curry because whether he's getting caught up um, in isolation, hedging high on Curry, or playing drop, which Lord help us all if that's what he's doing, he's just not <laughs> the ideal matchup. I think you should start off with uh, AD at the five and run it from there and just see what happens at that point. Um, and then off the bench, bring in Marcus Saul, and then kind of bring in Andre Drummond for a change of pace. We'll see if he does that, and if he doesn't, we'll see how Drummond works out um, with that. But that's going to be intriguing. I do see the Lakers taking it. I do think it'll be uncomfortably close, but I see that happening. As for the Spurs and Grizzlies, I'm with you, but for a different reason. I don't know if the Spurs don't have enough, although I think that is the case. But I also don't think that Popovich is going to go at it like, 
I think he might take this as like, okay, I don't know how I feel about playing game, but knowing, not knowing Pop, I feel like he's going to do it like, okay, you know, young guys, there's a chance for you guys to have a high stakes situation, but maybe not playing Patty Mills much, like not throwing the game, but also not playing it like you would if he was like legit in the playoffs. I mean, that's fair. Again, for the same reason that the Hornets played, uh, getting those young guys that experience in the playoffs. I think that that's a very fine take. Exactly. So yeah, exactly. So it's going to be very, it's, it's going to be very interesting in terms of how that's done. Um, but I think that's one thing I'm looking at very closely when it comes to San Antonio. And that's why I feel like they might just be like, you know what, this this is it. Uh, And let the Grizzlies go and of course then get wild on their own. But that's where I'm at on that. I expect those games to be a lot more exciting. I will be a little disappointed if they aren't as exciting. Um, but I am pumped for it. Real quick, you're expecting a lot of Lucas Samanich minutes in this one. Oh, big time, big time. Uh, listen, listen, uh, him and Trey Jones, man. Him and Trey Jones has to just carry us through. Uh, I want Devin Vassell to be a primary initiator. I mean, go crazy with it. Why not? You know, why not? I mean, I think the Spurs team, obviously, their their ceiling is here. They did what they – I mean, I th- some would say they overachieved and even gained this spot. Yeah, let's do it. So that's my yeah, man, I'm with it. And hopefully, you know, please, 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 please let that Lakers game live up to hype. That's all I have to say about that. Um, I just want it to live up to the hype that we're all giving it. But that's all I got for tonight, last night, this morning on your time, my friend. Sorry again for keeping you so late, but thank you for jumping on here, man, with me. I do appreciate it, my bro, um, especially getting back started. And listen, man, I, I any last words you want to say on the show tonight? Um. Glad to be back. Uh, glad that you're back into it. I'm uh, looking forward to recording with you again soon. Oh, Let's yes, go sir. Grizzlies. Let's go Lakers. I want to watch the Warriors lose as many games as always. Uh, <laughs> do you think we get a Kata Bates D upsiding? And do you know that he is on the Spurs at this point? Okay, you got me from that last time. I love that. Um, I do remember this time, so I will point that out. And do I think he'll play? Yeah, let's say second half. Okay. How many minutes? Like four? Or do you think I, he gets like a I, blowout and he gets like 17 or something? I feel – I don't know if I, – I feel like it's going to be more in the fourth. Something – I just don't think I have it – I don't think the Grizzlies are that much better than the Spurs. I like – like, but, uh, they're better. I just – well, no, no. I don't – when I say that, I mean, they're yes, they're a better team, like clearly a better team. But I don't think the Spurs are going to get blown out tomorrow. I just don't see them winning. That's fair. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, this I mean, why, if they, if they play the losing in them, like, no, I see it definitely being uh, somewhere in oh, the middle. Oh, by the way, Spurs disrespected by ESPN, putting every single team I, in their yeah. playoff except for the Spurs. I saw DeJounte Murray point that out. Yeah, that was that was disappointing. I think they ended up actually putting DeMar in at them. But, uh, yeah, but, I mean, they should have for the hey, Maybe they'll play motivated. Maybe, maybe they'll play they'll, motivated. Maybe I mean, that's what they did. Exactly. That's what ESPN did. Uh, well, basically everyone did to DeMar DeRozan sing about the All-Star game. So anyways, um, that is going to be it for another edition of Roundball Ramble. I'm going to close out before I let my man respond to that because DeRozan should have been an All-Star. I'm just going to keep saying that. But again, check out HoopBall on Twitter at HoopBallTweets online, hoop-ball.com. Listen, they've been putting work in all year. Give them their flowers. Check them out. I'm not even just talking about their fantasy stuff. I'm talking about their NBA team pods. I got my man Brad on the Hawks pod. You got some great folks doing Kings, Lakers, just all over. I mean, 
just check them out, please. Hoop-ball.com uh, for sure. Get ahead of the game uh, and pick up some NBA content. You guys are NBA fans. Like, this is what it's about. So definitely make sure to look at that. Follow me on Twitter at CorbinNBA if you please. If not, it's all good, but that'd be nice. Follow my man Justin. That is not a question. Like, definitely do that. Uh, at JustinMatch26. But until next time, for Justin, for myself, we frosty. Y'all stay frosty, and we'll talk to y'all uh, real, 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 real soon. All right, y'all. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.